Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Breaking Down the Doors. I'm Joe Rexroad here with Adam Sparks in Tennessee Studios talking all things Vanderbilt. There is some hoop stuff. We're going to hold off on the hoops. Exciting hoop stuff going on. It is football season, but even before football, Adam, today we're going to talk Vanderbilt Stadium, the never-ending story. Survey, fans have weighed in. Maybe maybe some fans have changed their feeling on all the talk about the stadium stuff. Where are we right now? Well, the, there's very few issues that are more divisive on that beat right now on the Vanderbilt beat than this one. You know, when I when I put that we we did the survey about a month ago, and then the results was this story with Tennessee and right now, and it's about ninety percent of people that it was almost a thousand respondents, but ninety percent of people. Hate the stadium, want something to change at varying degrees. Ten percent are highly offended that people are taking shots at the stadium, and, and I tend to think that some of those secretly think there are issues with the stadium. But you know, I can talk about my stadium. You don't talk about my stadium. That sort of thing. But it's it's. I mean, there's a lot of anger on both sides over that, over just you know something that's brick and mortar. Uh, you know, I, I think that the over the overriding thing that that I read in a lot of the comments, and, and again, over nine hundred respondents, and almost every one of them wrote something in the comment section of her survey. So I read and/or skimmed nine hundred essays over this, <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody this is a blue book essay. That's right, and 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 no two were the same. But most of them pointed to not necessarily that I hate the bathrooms, I hate the concession stand. They would mention that, but the more people wrote their comments, the more it leaned toward, well, this is a sign of the administration not caring. This is a sign of a bigger issue, those sort of things. So I think a lot of people are attaching a lot of their anger over apathy around the program and on campus. They're attaching that to the stadium. And it's symbolic of what's wrong with the program. And I think that's that's kind of the overriding thing. You know, the, the stadium isn't going to get fixed or updated much until we know who the athletic director is. That's still in the process. We had a story a few days ago about that a search firm had been hired or uh, had been chosen. And so they'll do kind of their due diligence through their to uh to to kind of vet candidates but the 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 stadium issue i don't know if that's the last stadium story we'll do for a while but uh people have a lot of passion one way or the other i got i got a a handful of people that basically said don't ever 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 write another one of these i'm tired of it yeah and in that they sent me six emails that says i'm not i'm not reading it but here's another email saying while i'm not reading it you know so there's a lot of passion both both sides of it yeah, I mean, there's even people like on Twitter, Adam and Joe, we support you despite what other fans are saying. I'm like, right. oh, wait, I didn't realize there was this much of an issue. And the funny thing but is, we're not... With some people, it is an issue. And for people, to, I mean, for some clarity here, we're not on a side of this issue. I mean, uh, you write columns, so that's your Well, opinion. I mean, yeah, I mean, I have an opinion on you, it. You think there so. should be progress done in it, but... Yeah, we're well, absolutely. Like, like, we don't get a kickback if there's a stadium... I mean, I'd take or, one. Absolutely. You know, I mean, if, if we can negotiate that, fine. No, exactly. No, and I think people frame this. I mean, look, I think people, a lot of people who love Vanderbilt, look at this as kind of an attack thing on, on the program. I think, I think often, Adam, it's people who are really into recruiting because this stuff is used against Vanderbilt. There's no question about it. Uh, absolutely. Pictures, pictures of empty student sections 
other programs that are trying to recruit the same players Vanderbilt is will use it, of course. Sure. So I think people who are really into that side of things sometimes look at this like, well, this is just negative press that hurts the program. But, you know, I think the bigger point here is that, well, the program has to do some things to help itself. That's my opinion on it. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm glad we did this survey. I think I think the discussion continues and it's good. Van, the Vandy Hustler, the student paper, had Oren Burks, Oren and, Burks and, and Tommy Openshaw writing, which was, I think, you know, they had some good points about what the program needs to do. I mean, I think that a lot of people are like minded in what needs to be done. Some people think it's attacking to, you know, point out the negatives, but how do you not do that? Well, and, and you know, the, the stadium brings out so many other things. Again, it's symbolic. Well, Derek Mason is to blame, the team is to blame. Well, when they play better, I'll come watch them. You know, the. If you build it, will they come thing tends to always come up. Now, let me say this. I don't think because they renovate or build a new stadium that suddenly attendance will change. It, it, But it won't get any better. It will get worse if you don't do anything, I guess, is the point that I would make. You got you to gotta win. If they're terrible in a new stadium, it's not going to help attendance. But if you... If, if you don't do anything, it'll continue to drop. Season ticket sales are down there. I know they're down everywhere. Or not everywhere. They're down a lot of places. Sure. I mean, Alabama's complaining about student attendance. I mean, Nick Saban, of all things, is complaining that people aren't going to, like, their game against a, a cupcake. And, you know, but, but I mean, that's a guy who wins all these national titles. I mean, I guess if anyone's going to complain, even though I find it ridiculous, it'll be him. Everyone has an attendance issue to some extent right now. No question. In all of live sports. People have theaters in their homes now. But you have to do something to combat that. Yes. Right? And, and and we talk about build, fixing the stadium and all that stuff. I think there's a larger point of investing in the program. And also there's a larger point of marketing. So you know, it's not just you know, whether we win or lose if you're Vanderbilt. It's also we have SEC football here in a really nice setting, and it's a really cool Saturday in Nashville. But, you know, there's but, a lot to it. But By the way, let, okay, let me, let me transition to – to this season, the the when, whenever the stadium is brought up, a lot of people again make the complaint that well they're a bad team. That's why I don't go watch them. Get you know get better football, and I'll come watch them. Back in my day, they had this coach or that coach or. And what this, day was that? Yeah, I know way. exactly. So l- let me let me throw this stat at, out to you. So they're three and three right now, six games in. How many times in the last fifty years has Vanderbilt been better than three and three? Halfway through the season, uh, this I bet you this is going to be a like, fifty years. How many times have they had a winning record at the midpoint, same place they're at right now? Okay, uh, I will guess. You're saying how many times have they been better? So how better. many times have they had a better than winning record at the halfway point? Better than their current record through six games, the last fifty years. Uh, I'll I'll guess uh, five times. Six. Okay. Six times, and it's the this is I get emails all the time. I get tweets. This is the worst ever. I've never seen a Vanderbilt team play this bad. They're yeah. lost. Well. Stati- uh, statistically, yeah. <laughs> this is perfectly fine. Well, back in James Franklin days, I know that's a bigger well, discussion. And that's the whole thing. You're but coming off that. James Franklin never was better than 3-3 three and three through six games. Now, for two of those, one of those years, they eked it out and you got just enough wins to get to a bowl. The other two years, they closed really well. They had a winning streak at the end of one of those seasons. So they closed well, and that's what Vandy will be, will be judged on from here on out. But... The idea that this team should be far better, I think a lot of that comes into, 
with the scoring margins and how they got to three and three. So the you know the expectations have been a roller coaster this year because you know you're supposed to kind of you're supposed to beat Middle Tennessee but not a blowout. You blew them out. You're supposed to beat Nevada but not quite a blowout. You blow them out and then you nearly beat Notre Dame. Well, this is a good team and then you lay an egg against South Carolina. No, this is a bad team. And it, it's gone that way since then. But but at the end of it, where did you think they'd be six games in with that schedule? I thought they'd be three and three. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I think I, you know, I think maybe you look at the South Carolina game and and you. That's and the you only measuring that, stick that, game that, right now. Yeah. That's the only one. Georgia is not. Notre Dame is not. Middle Tennessee and Nevada aren't really. TSU is not. The I, only measuring stick game has been South Carolina. I agree. And if we're just talking numbers, they're right about where you would think. But it's still how things happen. And yeah. I think that's where people are frustrated. And look, I think people should be frustrated. Early in the Georgia game, they were playing well. They were giving themselves a chance to be in that game. And then, I mean, I, I just I hate the call on fourth down. I know it was a missed block, but you're counting on one of your guys to block one of their guys. And this is a really, really – this is like a national championship contender. I mean, you're probably going to have some missed blocks. So I think that some of the decision-making by the coaches early in that game did not help Vanderbilt. And I think the sleepy start against South Carolina was very disappointing, especially given all the talk during the week of how they weren't going to have the sleepy start. So I think it's also how it looks and, and, and how it goes. Now, after the game, Adam, Derek mason talked about maybe having some clarity on some of the things that are going wrong yep and then i asked him again and this is where you know i asked him again about that clarity and was it personnel or scheme and this is what he said at the press conference this week well i i, I think you always have to adapt to, to to who you're playing against i mean that that's that's always been you know i'm in a philosophy but i think it's more or less about your personnel you know six games in but you better know who you are and who you aren't and and and, and really i thought georgia gave us a pretty good idea of you know who we are, where we need to go, what it looks like, okay, man, and what guys are making enough enough headway to say, okay, man, man, we need to we we need to play these guys. Here's what it looks like. And again, you know, man, you'll see what it looks like on Saturday. But I thought I thought there were some things there, you know, I mean, that gave me you know pause to 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 say, okay, I, I I see where we're going. I see what we can be better. And you know, I just shared that with my coordinators uh, as as I always do, man. But I think now. Is the time where you know when you look at it, okay, man, you're you're halfway through the season, okay, man, you're heading you're heading into the first game on the back side of that, okay, man. If you're gonna if you're gonna make the run, you got to make the run now. So let's make the run. So do you? Do you know what he's referring to? Like, do you know? <laughs> you know, like do it you is know very cryptic. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it, so it's it personnel that needs to be changed or moved around or some of it is injuries, but you can look at the depth chart and say well we're, we're better when we're healthier okay charles Wright comes back their outside linebacker josh smith just came back this past game uh ej della ripa their center is back but i think they're going to stick with bruno reagan at center they've got a couple other guys that have been beat up they've held out they're going to be healthier uh I, th- I think one thing he's pointing to is he would like to squeeze the depth chart a little bit the rotation a little bit you know, he made the comment the other night after the game is, we have some ones and some threes. We don't have twos. Yeah, that's an interesting comment. So, you know, uh, if if that's the case, then you got to go with your ones and use as many of those threes as you can, but not many of them. And I, I, I he, he said, we'll see it more in the Florida game, which is an easy answer. 
especially if they play well. Well, I knew all along we, was what we need to do. Uh, but I, I do think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be squeezed a little bit. You're going to see a smaller rotation. Now, the, 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 the warning that I would give there is last year they slumped middle to late in the season because of depth issues. Well, if you're if you're trimming your own depth by squeezing your your personnel, then then you're going to have the same depth issues, and you're going to have guys that haven't played for a while, so they're not going to play well late in the year when they're needed. Because injuries are inevitable, you're yes. going to need to use your depth, and the depth thing is eh, that's going to be a Vanderbilt problem most years, nine out of ten years. I mean, compared with some of these other programs in their conference, or most of these other programs in their conference. But, I, you know, I've got, I've got questions as much on defense about this team as I do offense. I know it's, it's easy to criticize the offensive play calling, and I think there's some legitimate arguments there, especially the, sh- the short yardage you talked about. But the defense has lost a lot of its bite. I mean, yeah. the, the, Vanderbilt... Well, they need Smith and Wright, I believe, yes. for one thing. They need a pass rush. They need takeaways. And they're just not getting them right now. And if Vandy is not making game-changing plays on defense. They're not beating anybody in the SEC. No, I still have confidence in their offense, and I still very, I'm very suspect of their defense against any of these teams that can really line up and power you. And you know, Florida is. I mean, look, Florida is one of, to me one of the surprises of this league. I mean, the way that they've played lately. I mean, like they're kind of taking off. I, I thought the Tennessee game was still kind of fluky. I thought Tennessee just really coughed that up, but well, they keep playing well. So this is. A tough game. Speaking of personnel, big question all year long. Running back rotation. Keyshawn Vaughn it sounds like he's going to get more work, and he should. You know, we 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 know we got a pretty good set of running backs. Uh, I mean, I think Keyshawn right now is a bell cow. I think you know, maybe Jakari uh, and 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 Kari, you know, maybe give us great opportunity uh, to to save. Man, anytime we got a back on the field, man, I mean, a guy can run the football, or he can protect, or he can catch it. But but I, I, I do believe, man, that right now, um, you know, as we look at it, I feel good about how we're running the football. We just need to run it more. So, Adam, are we talking, you know, like 25, 30 carries a game for Keisha? I mean, it, it, it is – look, the other backs are good. I mean, it's not going to change. And I get rotating there, but I would like to see what he can do with – a, a heavier workload. I, I, he just, I think he's just too talented not to give it a look. You would think there would be one game where we'd just be attempted, and that's it. Now, now, Derek Mason's take is, well, there just aren't enough carries total that, well, you only got you only got 30 carries. We'd love to give him 20, but well, then yeah. the other guy. But why not just give him 20 and not play the other guys or not play Jamari Wakefield, the third guy, at all? And those guys don't get the ball until Keyshawn Vaughn gets – to 20 carries or whatever i know they're not counting them like that but the idea that there's well we we can't give everybody carries if we give him that many right that's okay try that because he's Keyshawn vaughn is averaging 10 carries a game and he's averaging seven yards a carry but he has a big run and then he's pulled out for the rest of the series but i will tell you i'll play the contrary on this the reason is if you saw Keyshawn vaughn on blitz pickup on a particular play in that georgia game looking yep. terrible it was a problem and and that's a big part of the job and if you're that bad at it and the other guys are that much better at it and it's a, a big big tell when you're in the game that you're in the game to carry the ball and if you're Vanderbilt the bottom line is you're going to be in these games in a lot of situations now Adam where you you are going to be coming from behind you know you're going to be in the fourth quarter and you're probably going to have to throw a lot to try to 
you know, get back into a game or, you know, close a gap, and that just makes it harder. You can't just plan on running 35 times. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're worried about being predictable. And I asked Derek the other night about the uh, pass protection. Kari Blasson game, they think, is their best pass protector. But when they've tried to go into a hurry-up offense to throw the ball, they've had Wakefield in there because they think he's improving in pass protection. And can catch it and he do can, some stuff. He can catch it out of the backfield. So they're they're worried about – Wakefield's in. They're going to throw. Blasting game is they're going to mass protect and, and throw. Uh, uh, Vaughn's in. They're going to run it. I, I, I get that to some extent, but the way they've used that so far, it hasn't really worked. Uh, it, it worked well enough early against Georgia, and maybe it works better against Florida. You saw them firsthand. I haven't seen them up close, but I mean, Florida's third in the country in sacks. They're top fifteen or twenty in tackles for loss. They've got a really good pass defense. They've got good corners. You know, this is a game that I, I think the the fact that Vandy's going to the second half of the season with some optimism that they have some things figured out, as Derek Mason says. The flip side of that is I think they're being figured out by by other teams. Uh, Kalaja Lipscomb got a lot of bracketed coverage the other night yeah. against Georgia, and you knew that would happen eventually. You know, if a guy's getting 10 catches, 100 yards, a couple touchdowns, eventually— And you the, don't respect the other guys. Right. And, you know, uh, Chris Pierce was supposed to be their number two. He hasn't shown up the last few weeks. C.J. Bowler, the freshman, had a couple of good games. Yeah. I think he's probably I mean, your two. He's got upside. Yeah, but you got to have – you got to hit Donovan Tennyson on a deep route. you got to have Pierce in there. you got to have Sam Dobbs catch some balls. That was working against Nevada and Middle Tennessee. It's not working against SEC corners right now. And that's a problem because, will they beat Florida – Probably not, maybe, but probably not. Will they beat Kentucky? Also going to be difficult. But you've got Arkansas, Ole Miss, Missouri, Tennessee down the stretch. And if you have something that's working, you can beat those teams. If you have something working, you can maybe beat this one, but it's going to be tougher. But if the book is out on you that there's only a handful of things you can do and those can be taken away, you're going to be in trouble down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is an opportunity. This season, it's an opportunity you have to take advantage of. You've got to get to a bowl game with this quarterback, with Kyle Schirmer as a senior. We've been saying it all along. I'll say it until it either happens or doesn't happen. But I think this game is a big opportunity, too. I mean, you can point to those games, but, man, you put an awful lot of pressure on yourself if you get there – and, and, you, and you're in a bunch of must-win situations. I still think that a great start, a good offensive game plan, probably you know short passing, getting that ball out is, is going to be big in this game to me. And then, you know, defensively, I mean, Felipe Franks, I still don't trust him. I, I, I know he's His played. numbers are really good. Yeah, and I know he's played better. He looks more confident. I still think he's a guy who's capable of, committing the massively awful turnover and he's a guy who still misses on easy throws at at times and you have to affect him you have to you know find a way to affect him and of course it'll be much tougher if you can't stop their running game okay so we, we said earlier the measuring stick we agree the only true measuring stick game in the first half of the season was south carolina right yeah that's and 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 to define that that's a game if 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 you're a better team then you should win that game or get really close to winning that game. They laid an egg, lost 37-14. Right. How many measuring stick games are in the second half of the season? Well, I mean, well, first of all, I mean, I guess it, the, way, the, way, the way you just phrased it, they should beat Middle Tennessee or whatever. I mean, that, that's, that's another one. But, but I guess you just expect that. But I, 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 I think Florida, look, I think all along I have thought Florida would be one. I mean, I think Florida's played so much better lately that 
it looks more like a long shot. But I, I still think it's a really important game, and I don't I don't look at this like it's some impossible mission by any means. I really don't. You know, I mean, it's Vanderbilt kinda, has to play really, really well. It's similar to the South Carolina game, right? I think so. If you play yeah. well, you're gonna you you're gonna have a chance to win the game. If you, you play gotta, poorly, you don't have a chance. You play a really clean game, and you. But I don't think you have to like quote unquote get some breaks to win this game. I think you have to play your best game. And then you should be in this game in the fourth quarter. I mean, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm being too optimistic there. But expectations for the rest of the season does turn a lot on how this game goes. Because I mean, look, I, I don't like their chances at all at Kentucky. The way Kentucky is playing defense, even though Kentucky's passing game you saw at Texas A and M, you know, is is not good. But the way they can run the ball with their quarterback and with one of the best running backs in the country, don't like them at all. There. Well, but, if you lose these next two, Florida, Kentucky, your stretch run is Arkansas, Missouri. That's two road trips back-to-back. Well, no, they have a bye week in between. But Arkansas, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, if you can't beat Florida or Kentucky, you need to win three of the last four. Yeah, and I don't don't like them at Missouri. I mean, I like them. I like their chances in this game better than I do against Kentucky and Missouri. I'll put it that way. Mm. On the road. Absolutely. Because I just think defensively, I I think they're really going to struggle against both of those teams because the way for different reasons. One's a run, one's one, a pass. Yeah, one has a pro quarterback, and I I just think Missouri is pretty good. And again, Kentucky, I think the way Kentucky plays, I think they will power. I think they'll run for two hundred fifty, three hundred yards on Vanderbilt. Florida, I still think offensively is a team that Vanderbilt can hold down if they play well. And then, you know, their offense has to play well against, you know, the strength of Florida, which is its defense. But I actually, yes, think that this game of those three that are the toughest three remaining, this is the quote-unquote easiest one. But again, you're also keeping home field in mind there and how much of a home field advantage will there be for Vanderbilt? And emotionally, where is Florida right now? Now, they're on a winning streak. They've won four in a row, three straight SEC, but, you know, they they beat Tennessee. That that was a that was a that's a big win. That's a good win for them. You beat a ranked Mississippi State team. Okay, Florida's back. Dan Mullen's got them rolling. You beat LSU, and you know that's that's the big one for their schedule right now. Huge. So you got to think they're coming. They're going into a bye week after the Vanderbilt game. There, you know, and not to say it's going to happen, but you know, you could have a team that says, okay. We're about to go into a bye week, you know, still moving up the rankings, still on a winning streak, and take this one for granted a little bit. Not yeah. to say Dan Mullen would allow that, but no, it's it's human nature. I'm sure some of that'll be true, but I also think that you you, you contrast that with confidence and the way that has risen. You know, I mean, that's a very powerful thing. But I agree. I mean, I think their emotion won't be what it has been for some of these recent games. So if you're Vanderbilt, you got to take advantage of that. Well, we started this off, this podcast, with talking about the attendance and the stadium. Nobody, No Vandy fans, well, aside from a few that go on the road, but the home crowd will not see Vandy again until November 17th against Ole Miss. This is the last in-person look that you're going to get at Vandy. And by the way, basketball season will have already been 11 days old by the yeah. time there's a home game. So this is kind of your last, hey, look, we're going to be in it. we got a chance for a bowl kind of showing that you're going to have for the home crowd. And it's not ideal that it's an 11 a.m. start. I mean, oh, it, it just, is for me. Absolutely. Well, it's ideal for us, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. 
I mean, look, we're all about, you know, early deadlines and kickbacks on, you know, stadium deals. And, but, and yeah, in Chick-fil- yeah, in Chick-fil-A at 10 a.m. <laughs> before kickoff, sure. There you go. But, yeah, it's just not ideal crowd-wise, but it'll be interesting to see. So let's make our picks. Adam Sparks, what's happening Saturday? So I think the line is something like 8 or so, something like that, 8, 9. You know, I, I, I don't feel good about where Vandy is right now. I certainly could see them playing better, but it's, I'm in a believe-it-when-I-see-it mode. And I have not seen a complete game from Vandy since Nevada. So I'll wait to see if I see a complete game in this one. Florida 30, uh, Vanderbilt 20. Florida wins by 10. Okay. So you're, you're, you're thinking high scoring here a little bit. For some reason, I mean, to me, like the game has to be, Vanderbilt has to make this, I think, more of a defensive game. Uh, just because even though I don't love Florida's offense, I think you don't, you know, if you let them get loose a little bit and Franks hit some big plays down the field, you could it could be like South Carolina, which doesn't really have a good offense, but went off here. I think Vanderbilt will fight in this, but I, I'm with you on the, the margin. You know, I, I, I've got Florida 23-13. I, I think that Vanderbilt's offense has potential to do a lot more than it's doing, but I, I do think that Florida's defense is – just it's very talented what's what's what, fast it's physical it's gotten so much better since the kentucky game what's the which over, again is a different kind of what's the over under on Keyshawn vaughn's carries in this one after see, being the, pronounced the bell cow well that's why it's why you have to get a lead in this game if you're vanderbilt if you don't then i don't think they're going to be that much more than 10 they're gonna be like 12 if, the you, over if you can get a lead 12 and you, a half. if you get a lead you got to give him to 15 carries but yeah you're right it depends on how the game goes there you go all right so thanks for listening everybody we'll see how the Commodores do, and we'll be back next week on Breaking Down the Doors.